anxiety is probably the most prevalent issue that people come in with, whether they know it's anxiety or not, or they know to call it that or not. Sometimes people do, and then sometimes they don't realize it. When I, when I actually end up labeling that or calling it anxiety, they're kind of, sometimes people are taken aback because they were like, huh? Like they didn't, they didn't realize that that's what it was, but that's what it is. And, and you need to be aware of what's going on. So that's the, what's going on? Like, why are you here? Like what's going on now? We need to know all what's going on now, where you're trying to go. Let's work on it. And anxiety is usually part of it. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community. Whether you are struggling with mental health on your own or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. On this episode of Hope to Recharge, we welcome Dr. Christy Lopez, a psychologist, high-performance coach, and founder of My Anxiety Fix. For the past 20-plus years, Dr. Lopez has been helping highly stressed professionals reduce anxiety and stress in 10 minutes or less without years of therapy or medication so they can quickly and confidently respond to their inner critic, fall asleep faster, have fewer head or stomach aches, slow their brain down, be present in their relationships, and reach higher levels of performance. Her unique programs are action-oriented, reducing the need for years of therapy or medication, and use the latest neuroscience to target the skills, strategies, and practices needed to break through barriers and limitations eliminate unhealthy, ineffective patterns, and finally develop a more successful and healthy life with less stress. Dr. Lopez has appeared on the Dr. Phil Show and serves as an aftercare psychologist for guests on the show and as an aftercare psychologist for Dr. Drew's Life Changers. Dr. Lopez was also featured on the reality TV series Downsized and The List. She is a cited and guest expert for media such as Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, and Authority Magazine, as well as several podcasts. And now we welcome the host of the Hope to Recharge podcast, Matana. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me here today with Dr. Christy Lopez. Thank you for joining me here today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Dr. Christy Lopez was actually on my mastermind group. She gave a fantastic speech to my group on anxiety. It was the beginning of Corona. And I came across Christy, Dr. Christie's work on a different podcast that I was listening to. And I'm like, wow, I need to reach out to this woman because it just was it just listening to her made my anxiety go down. And so many of her words resonated with me. So I reached out to her and I'm like, uh, can you come on my podcast and can you come on my mastermind group? And with such joy, I wish you could see her face. You will see on um on the audiogram, uh, but such joy and such a presence of calm and ease. And now I understand after speaking with her and hearing so much of her teachings and her work, I understand why so many people want to work with her. And I'm so grateful to have her here with us today. Welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I had a great time uh, talking and interacting with your mastermind group and look forward to this podcast. Yeah. One of your things that you really specialize in is helping successful people 
not only reach their success and their milestones and their achievement, but it's really helping them achieve a sense of calm and peace in their inner self along with their success. Because sometimes success, when we don't know what it looks like, we reach to we reach goals that we set ourselves. If it is, uh, it could be in different areas. It could be relationships. It can be finances. It could be physical successes. Right? There's so many successes that we want to achieve, and we get there, and then we look back and we realize that there was a lot that we had to give up in our emotional and mental um, success, and how to balance that. So I want the audience to basically get a little bit of an understanding. Why did you choose to work with high achievers like doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs? What was that that you said, I can help them get to the peace of mind that they need with their success? Yeah. So I have seen so many people like all kinds over the years, because I've actually been doing this already for over 20 years. <laughs> um, and as time went on, it started to get more and more focused on these high level achievers or what people would think, you know, wow, these people have already the height of success, but it goes back to well, what do you consider success and at what cost? And so I ended up pretty much my, uh, most of my clientele now are these entrepreneurs, executives, medical doctors, and actually a lot of surgeons. So I see a lot of people who, when people look at them and they think, wow, you know, you've already achieved all this success and you have all these, you know, wonderful things. And yeah, they, they have, but why they're seeing me is because it came at a great cost. And a lot of time that cost is their own physical and mental health, as well as relationships. And they are still wanting to try and keep, you know, in there. And most of them have been doing this by force of will. And now they, they got to the point, mostly it's because somebody told them like their spouse, like you really need to go. And so then what I do is I help them to not only keep the success, but reach higher levels of success, but this time without the stress, like how can you be successful without the stress? And how can you make sure you're being successful according to yourself? not successful from what society has told them or other people has told them, because a lot of times that great cost was to achieve a success that they actually didn't feel fulfilled by. Hmm. That's such an interesting point because we jump into something that we think we want because either it could be a parent that says, oh, you'll be so great at this, or even to prove somebody from a, let's say someone bullied you in in preschool or or in any part of your youth, and you're like, no, I'm going to prove. I remember speaking to somebody that I am a big photographer, and I said, what made you become a photographer? He said, someone once told me when I was in third grade that I have the worst picture, and they oh. made fun of me. And he and he said, my entire life, I said, I'm going to prove them wrong. Right. So, and I said, do you feel better now? He said, no. Right. That I feel awful because I did it just for right. him, not for me. And I, I said, but you should have felt like a, a huge win. Look at you. You're successful. He's like, yeah, but I succeeded for him, not for me. Exactly. Yeah. And that happens really often. I think more often than people realize. Hmm. And then they spend so much time of their life, either, let's say doctors going, I, I interviewed a doctor that went to medical school and after nine years, she realized this is not what I want to do. 
And right. she quit. And I'm like, what? You quit after, <laughs> after all that sweat and, and right. sleepless night. He's like, she's like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to go through life doing something right. that I thought I wanted, but it was really my parents wanting me to do. And right. this is not my passion. I can always, at least I knew I achieved that. I went to medical school and I got my degree and I'm very knowledgeable now as a doctor, she said, but I don't want to continue down this path because it doesn't give me a self sense of fulfillment. So I want to talk about that a little bit. How do we know as human beings, what is something that we want versus what we are fed that will be good for us? Because it's so hard to get those voices out of our head and, right. and preconceived notions that we think we know. And then we're like, oh, we worked nine years to met for medical school and then maybe not. And how do we battle with that? Yeah, actually, there's a lot of people in, in all kinds of fields where this has happened to them. And it's because when we're developing, you're getting all of these messages from all of these people. And as a child, that's what you really know, because as a child, you don't have the cognitive ability to be so self-aware and to be kind of a, to be developing your identity more on your own. So it's very shaped, shaped by your environment and by the people as you're growing up. Then as you get older, your cognitive abilities start progressing more and developing, but this, you know, it takes a while. It's like really into your twenties. And so a lot of people have all, you know, 20 years worth of really more being shaped by circumstance, by other people, by what's going on than by themselves. They don't really truly know themselves. And I know you hear that people will say that all the time, like, I don't know who I am or, and, and it's true because I will see people. And again, I'll even see these executives, entrepreneurs, and doctors who are like forties and fifties. And I, I have people go through a series of questions to help mm -hmm. them find out the answers to everything that, that you just brought up. And they are shocked. Like one of my questions is a basic question of answering, who am I? And when I tell them that this is their homework assignment, I always get the deer in the headlights look because they don't know, like people don't know. They just know what they have been shaped by or by what they're being told. And so that's actually a lot of the work I'm doing. This is how I help people to have success in alignment with who they truly are, what they stand for, what do they want, not everyone else. So this is actually a process I go through with my clients so that they can understand this and get this foundation to now direct their life and their success into the direction that is for them and is fulfilling to them. But it took work. Most people do not know how to do that. They're out there kind of like a boat in the water, just being kicked around because of the wind, <laughs> because right. of the circumstance, because of other people. So what I'm doing is I'm teaching them to like be the captain of your ship, <laughs> like know what your ship is about, know who you are, what, what you want, what you stand for, why are you here? Like all of these deep questions that people never ask and never work on and have a plan, have a goal so that you're not just out there rolling around and being kind of like pushed around by anything. I think it's also very important because as high achievers that you work with high achievers, right? And right. Um, we as high, I should, I shouldn't even say we, because I don't feel like a high achiever, but as someone that goes, I go after my dreams. I'm a big dreamer and I'm a big goal setter. And, yeah. and, and sometimes we hit a brick wall and we have a, like, like, is it worth it? It's like climbing Himalayas. Like we right. we're, we're, we're three quarters away and we're like, I'm done. I can't, it's too difficult. But when we have that 
um, understanding that the homework that you give them, it, it, it lets us refocus and say, okay, we have a greater why. Why? Understand. Right. So there's a bigger motive and we can tap into that, th- those, those reserves to keep on going when we feel depleted because we have a better clarity to where we're going and the why. Exactly. And so it's, it's internally motivated and that helps people to better be able to climb that mountain. Whereas previously what most people were doing is through sheer force of will and great cost, they were climbing that mountain, but that mountain wasn't even the mountain that truly fulfilled them. Hmm. It's, uh, but it's in a way also depressing. So I would assume (laughs) that people that come to you, they're like the forties or fifties, right? They already achieved, they went through school, they started a business. If it's doctors, lawyers, professionals, whatever it is, they, they're already halfway through life. And then they hit like this exhaustion or a relationship problem or a financial problem or, or maybe just a physical breakdown. They're like, we can't do this anymore. So, but in a way, like who wants to look at the fact that maybe 40 years or 30 years we're spent on doing something that we don't really want to do. That is huge courage to look in the face <laughs> yeah. of the, maybe I wasted so much time and energy on something that I didn't want to do. How do you get them to look at that? Because that's the elephant in the room that no one wants to discuss. Yeah. And a lot of times that that is kind of what people feel like. And so then it's working with them about like, you know, it is what it is. Like it's already happened and there's all kinds of, you know, then we can look at the kind of the positive parts of the good parts that maybe happen from that. But now you're in a place because most of the time, since they are pretty successful, they have the resources or ability to then do something different. So it's like, yes, maybe you've already spent whatever this was, 20, 30 years, but hopefully you have 20, 30 plus years. And so why don't we make a shift now? And you have the ability and the resources to do it as long as you do the work so that you don't end up just repeating the same kind of cycle by just randomly choosing something else and then, you know, starting the cycle all over again. That's why we do all of this work. And a good amount of the people I see, they actually do end up doing a career shift and it can be a complete different career shift or it could be kind of close within what they're doing, but some different aspects, something now that they they more know now what, what fulfills them, what they like, what they want to pursue, what they're able to do. And they don't have the stressor of like maybe somebody who's first starting out and just has to like pay the bills. Right. So they, at least most of them are in a position where they now can choose a different path that they are directing and learn how to do it where it's fulfilling and less stressful. And that's what a lot of my people end up doing. And I think having someone like you that can give them the understanding that life isn't over. And by choosing the right path, it can give them clarity on the past. And, and also in a way, it's like a a school, a school of life that you understood what you didn't want in order to hyper zoom on to what you do want. So shift the perspective of the wasting of time versus, oh, it was a school of life. Now I can focus really on what I want and zoom into it. And I know from my history with mental illness, that if I wouldn't go through that horrible journey of mm-hmm. depression and being depleted and not able to get up for my children or whatnot, I wouldn't be a- I wouldn't be living life on a, the vibration that I'm living now on fulfillment if I didn't go through that. 
Right. And now you're in a better place to recognize it and be aware of it. So if it, so if you feel it starting to go that way, you can then make an intervention. Exactly. Exactly. And go through, and it does happen to me. Like during Corona, I, I, I'm like, okay, you have the skills, go, go to your skills that you, you acquired and tap into them and just, you see that you're, you're dropping. So catch mm-hmm. yourself before you reach rock bottom. So you basically give them, to, first of all, you give them less soul searching. Let's see who you are. By the way, that question, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I knew what to answer. I'm still right. like, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, what would I answer? When you ask, yeah. like, let's go, I want to go there. I want to go there with my audience. I know that I was like wrapping up something. So I, before we go there, I want to just say that you gave them the understanding of who are you? understand what drives you, where do you want to go? And here are tools that you're going to acquire and exercise through life because life is going to get messy. Even when you know where, who you are, even if you know where you're going, even if you have all the roadmaps and the GPS and everything is worked out, you still need tools for when it gets messy and hard because that's what life is. So you give them the tools to take along with them in life so they can yes. achieve the highest desire from a best place that they are aware of, that they're driven by the motor of themselves versus Mm -hmm. by the motor of somebody else. Exactly. Fantastic. I love that. And, and you know what I've been, the last few months, I must say that I've been struggling a lot about because the balance, the balance of everyone's home, my passion about mental health, my passion with my business. I have two businesses, my passion of um, developing this, this new product that's coming to the world, developing all kinds of online courses to help people with mental illness, my merchant processing company and my children and myself. There's a lot here that was very new. And many times I had to go back and I would lock, I know that we discussed this last time when we were on our call that I used to lock myself in the room and say, this is mommy time. I need to think, I need to be with myself now. And I didn't know that before I crashed. I didn't know that I was allowed to have mommy time to think and to go deep inside and say, okay, where, where are you driving? Where are you taking your resources now for, and what are they going for? And what is, what is really going on inside you now? So when you said, who are you? And I'm like, I don't know. So guide me through that for a second. Yeah, that's, that's what, that is the reaction I always get. It is that deer and the headlights look when I present that this is what, because I meet with people and then I give them exercises, homeworks, action plans, things to do in between the sessions. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first ones I give them is to, it's just basically a sheet of paper that on the top says, who am I? And that's it. I try because I don't want to lead anyone. So I just give them the, the question. And when I tell them this is their homework, I get this like deer in the headlights look, okay. Um, and then that's what they're supposed to do in between the time and come back and then we can go over it and process it. I have had many people delay or postpone when they come back or they come back and they're like, they couldn't do it. Um, And so I usually tell people, if you don't know what to say, just write. Even if you write on this paper that says, who am I? I have no idea. Oh my gosh, this is a hard question. (laughs) Like if you just exactly, then usually stuff will start coming out. And that, because when they come back, I just start something, anything. I don't even care if it was like, oh my gosh, I have like, I'm never doing this exercise, whatever it is, because then when they come back and I'm working with them, I can help them 
start getting it going because if they're really stuck, then I can help them start getting it going. Or they'll come back with something very rudimentary. And that's okay because a lot of people will do that. They'll come back with a very like, usually it's roles. Like I am- A doctor, a father, uh, a child, a husband- Yes. Yeah. Or, or I was born in this place and I am a mother or a doctor or whatever, right. you know, it's something right. like that. A biography. And you, yeah. And, and that's fine. Cause it's like, okay, you started, but then now through the process of working with them, I can help them kind of process it and move it forward because all of these homeworks I give people, they're not like set in stone. They're not like answer this one question and then that's it forever. It is a process. So then I help them with it. So then the next time they come back, it's evolved even more. Plus they get the next question. So the first one is the, who am I? The second question is what do I want? Because a lot of times people don't know what they want. They just know what they've been told. And so over time of working with them, they all start evolving independently and then together because all of these questions do go together because all of these questions are getting at the basic foundation of you, like your identity. Do you feel that most people really know what they want? No, they don't. So yeah. Um, yeah. So same thing. They have a lot of problems there. So usually it's like, just write anything. And a lot of times it'll be like, well, I, you know, I, I wanted this thing because I was told that that was something that, you know, I was told that being a doctor is like the ultimate you know, thing right. to ha- ever be, or I was told that having the house that whatever, because I remember when I was little, like kind of that story you were saying, like they they remember or have ideas about where these things came from mm-hmm. and that's fine. Then let's, let's figure that out and let's realize what that is now. Now as like a, let's just say like a 45 year old person, now that you have the cognitive ability of a 45 year old person, how do you see that versus when you were 12 or when you were five or when you were whatever, when you were growing up and how that got encoded in your brain, that idea, how it gets encoded in your brain as a child is way different than how you would now look at it as a 45 year old. So then this is stuff that I'm kind of helping them process and realize. But sometimes we don't even like, we don't believe ourselves what we want. And it could be that we say to ourselves, like you said, oh, if I had this nice house, I would be relaxed because when I grew up, I grew up in a shack. So now I have it. So I feel comfortable, but it's really not what I want. So what do I want? So in life, I find that a lot of times we think we want, we know what we want and then we get there and we're like, okay, that's not really what I wanted. I thought it would lead me to get to something else if I had that. So even when we're 45, after we see so many things that we thought we want that we really don't want, how do we know that we're going to get to 65? We're not going to look back and say, wait, maybe I wanted it then, but so irrelevant and I shouldn't have wanted that. Like, do we evolve with our wants in life? Yes. Yes. That's it. Like all of these homeworks, they all evolve. So you, you keep evolving them. And as you get understanding with the rest of the questions, they loop back onto the previous questions. And so they, they all kind of like loop back together and they, and it all starts like evolving. And that's why I was saying that these things are not set in stone. And I have people, every time I give them homework, I say, put your initials on it and the date, <laughs> like the date is super important. Because even six months from now, you're going to look back at that and it's already going to have changed and evolved so much because now you're becoming more aware and you are understanding what, you know, who you're really, who you really are and what your identity is about so that you do truly now understand what you want. And you may have to practice. So you may have to go out there and do something that you never thought you would want to do and see what kind of experience do you have from that. You may discover something. 
that, you know, I had no idea. You, uh, you know, somebody could be like, I had no idea that I like to bake. And it's like, why would they ever bake? They never had time to bake. <laughs> you know? mm. And then, then they just, so we are like doing little experiments and then they find out. But a lot of also what happens is in getting to know my client and working with them, I can start seeing what's really, what's really truly underlying what's going on with this person. And so then we can get at these like deeper levels of it's more something like you crave what? Maybe you crave freedom or you crave independence. So now when you get that kind of understanding of what is a need, kind of like a need that you have, now you have a, a you can do like maybe 10 different activities to get at that need. So before you may have thought, oh, I needed to do X in order to have success, but X, whatever it is that you chose, maybe didn't get at that need you had, because maybe you have this need about being free. Mm -hmm. So then now we have a little better idea of like, well, what kind of activities do you feel free in? Like when you do what, have you got that sense of freedom? So now you're getting a little closer to the, what you probably really want. And then you give yourself permission to schedule it into your time. And then you see different energies shifting when you're doing what you set yourself to do in your general. If you're a doctor, that's fine. But if you really want to do uh, scuba diving or whatever, that's what gives you fun. You'll make sure that you have that. If it's writing for a journal, you make sure that you have that. Is It's basically incorporating things that you didn't even know that you wanted into your right. daily life that you can fulfill the biggest dream that you have. Yeah. And sometimes finding that out and being able to do that as like a recreational or like a side thing helps the person kind of stay in the position that they're in because now they're getting the fulfillment with that. Sometimes people actually just end up making a complete shift into some kind of business that's related to that. And what I think the reason is that people come to you when they're um, like in their mid forties or something like that is because I don't think we're able at a young age, when we're so passionate about life, to start life, to get into it, that we're willing to take a step back and say, what do you really want? Right. I think we're still raw and we still don't know because we didn't play with life yet. We didn't get right. into the real world to know what is out there. So it takes a few years of trial and error to say, okay, fine. Now that I tested, now I play with the mud, I can say, what was fun, what was not fun. But when they're, even though it would be ideal to do this when they're um, leaving college or even before college, yeah. but I think we're still in the womb of, we're not ready to be yeah. born yet. Right. Well, plus we're socialized. We're not socialized or brought up to be about what you want because you're considered selfish. So parents are teaching children certain things and usually they're teaching their kid not to be selfish. And that's fine because you don't want to be raising people who are selfish. But usually what happens is people completely become like selfless. <laughs> right. And then they're doing things to please other people or to do for other people. And they're not doing things for themselves. And then they're growing up that way, learning that way. And especially women really get this message. Mm -hmm. And then if they have partners, then it's all about helping their partner. If they have kids and it's all about helping their kids. Or for a man, a lot of times it, it is more geared towards the, well, I'm supposed to provide. So let me just make this money, even though I don't like this thing that I'm doing, but Hey, my, my and this is what happens a lot. My family, I'm doing this for my family. And you know, my wife and my family have this great house. They don't have to worry about finances. And then they usually end up in my office because they're about to lose it. They're about to lose that family and that house and everything that they built because their wife's on the verge of leaving. But why? 
And we hear this a lot. We hear this a lot. That people are successful and they achieve the ultimate dreams of people, like of of the world, what they perceive as a dream. But then the wife is ready to give up or the the kids don't want a relationship. What is that? Because the, like in this particular kind of case scenario that happens a lot, because in order to be successful in that business, that's where all the time, effort, energy, and presence went to. So the husband did that and he was good at it. And so that's why he's successful. And, you know, women do this too, but for the most part, as far as the clients that I see, when you're successful at something, you know, even if you didn't necessarily like it or it's fulfilling, it does help you because you're like, Hey, I do know how to do that. But now when I come home and I try to interact with my wife or my kids and I really haven't, I don't know how to do it. Like they don't know how to do it. And then they don't feel good at it. So then they're like, well, I know I can go back to work and feel good versus be here and feel like I have no idea how to connect with my own wife and children. And so that's the other. So then I'm teaching them those skills, too, on how do you do that so that when you are building your new life, you're not going to do it at the cost of your family like you did before. Not that they knew they were doing that, but that's what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to design your life where you actually now also build or rebuild or strengthen your relationships with your own family and keep it that way. Cause now that's should be, you know, is that something you really want? Is that something you value? So as you are creating your new life, you have to make sure you're giving time, effort, and energy to those things too, those relationships. That matter the most to you. If you step back and look back and, and you fill out your questionnaire, which comes out that that is what is the most important to them. Yeah. And even if people were to say, well, my family. Okay. So then I have them try to talk to me about that. And a lot of times they can't say anything past that because they know that that's supposed to be the right answer, Mm -hmm. but they're not really connected to it. And so then that's a lot of the work that I'm helping them do is become connected to that part, to their relationships with their spouse, with their children, and even other, you know, their employees or their friends or their colleagues or whatever it is, because it works for, you know, relationship is relationship. So I'm teaching relationship skill too. Do you feel that a lot of a midlife crisis happens because we're driven from the wrong why and we are not clear on who we are? Yeah, because at some point, uh, you know, kind of what happens is something, either something happens or just because of the series of things that have happened by the time someone kind of reaches their 40s and 50s, then that's when they kind of realize, hey, wait a minute, (laughs) Um, yeah, half of my life is possibly already over with. And why do I feel so miserable? Wow. And they have, yeah. and they could seem like they have everything, the fancy cars, the homes, right. the vacation, the this, the that, but they're really feeling empty inside. Yes. And the, and again, it's, it's just, it is sad because a lot of times people, they have these successful businesses, but they're, yeah, they either, they're on the verge of getting a divorce or their children end up having major, like, addiction problems or who knows what kind of problems. And so they may seem to have all of this and they do, but their family is in danger. Do you believe that a person can have it all? Well, yes. Well, and, but the main question is what is having it all to you? So then that's, that's the work because having it all to you could be different than having it all to someone else. And then making sure that that's really, truly meaningful to you. So now we're back to this thing again, because Having it all in their mind used to be the house, the cars, the jet, the right. vacation, the whatever, but that wasn't it. So now, so now what is it? 
And usually that is not when, when people get to the root of what they really want and value and who they are and what they're about and their purpose and all that stuff. It's usually not all of that. It's not all that external stuff. But many times I think people go through life and they find out that who they are is completely different than who they thought they are. So the journey really has to shift. Yes. And it sometimes comes in an expense of relationships. I was just talking to a friend of mine and I was saying that sometimes people really evolve and it's not that they didn't love the person that they married 20 years ago, but their life evolved and they went separate ways for so many years that they're just different human beings. It's not that they're, they're not, they're not separating because their marriage didn't work and it's, they're not in love. It's that they're just different human beings through life and who they thought they were when they were 25, 30, whatever is different than what they are now. Right. Yeah. That's so when you are with somebody, when you, when you partner up with someone young, when you're young, Mm -hmm. that is, that is often what happens. And so most people don't know this or realize this, but the idea in general, you would think is that hopefully people are actually always kind of growing and evolving. Some people do, some people don't, but when you're partnered with someone now, now that is part of the issue is, are we growing and evolving in a way that works together? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a lot of times People do not really grow or evolve um, or one does and the other doesn't. And now that's what you're talking about. Now you have a big gap kind of Mm -hmm. between who one person is and who the other person is. But if you're aware of these things, which, you know, most people are not, because it's not like you get taught this, you know, in school or anything. Exactly. Yeah. You would have in mind growing and evolving in a way that's because if you're growing and evolving in a healthy way, there should be enough similarity that you and your partner are growing and evolving in a way that's still compatible. Right. I think that the world is changing a little bit now because they see that the rat race after the shiny successes are not as fulfilling as internal successes. So there's a lot of self self-help awareness now and, and guidance and there is more inner reflective reflection on who we are and I wish in a way that they would teach in business school and in professional school that behind every success is also a successful relationship that works because there's so right. much stress that takes away that takes away from your real success if you're not if you're not driven from the right place with the right partner with the right focuses and 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 I think that's why families fall apart because they are not taught, not because they're evil. I think people are just right. not taught. They're not given the tools. And no. then they're so far down the line and they didn't reflect, they didn't do the work that it might be too late to repair. Yeah. Sadly, that's often kind of the case. There's, I think, a statistic about by the time a couple comes to marital therapy, it's the problems have been going strong for at least seven years hmm. before they finally just maybe start. And that's usually what happens. Like, I would usually the call is usually it's from the, it's from the husband. And usually the call is one or two things. It is, you know, I'm calling because I just was served with divorce papers and I have no idea why, like they are shocked. Are you serious? They're no idea why they, yeah, they say they have no idea why they are shocked. 
And when I see the people, the wife is usually telling me, I've been telling you for years. And the husband is like, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea that you were telling me for years. Like, they are shocked. So that's one one main reason why the call I get is that I've been served with divorce papers and I'm completely like, I have no idea why. The, the second most likely call is it's the husband also. And he calls because he says, I just found out my wife's having an affair. Hmm. And that's kind of what happens is because they have been putting all their time, effort and energy for their family, building the business. And then the wife ended up finding the needs that she had somewhere else. And that, so those are two, that's the two main calls I get, like when in the beginning, how it starts, it's usually, and then the other one would be because the wife, like the husband actually finally heard it. Like I am divorcing you. If you do not call this, you know, this therapist or this, you do not do something. Is there any, ever a time that someone comes to you and says, I'm in a deep depression. I have it all. I'm successful, but I just don't know. I can't get out of bed. I'm depleted. I don't want to work anymore. I'm get, like, they, they, they really have a mental breakdown. Sometimes people that's very rare for them to come in because they themselves realize it. Mm. It's because something happened to threaten that it's either the, the spouse or if they have like partners in the business, mm-hmm the partners Mm -hmm. or something happened, like they had a heart attack or something like that. So usually there's an external reason why the person finally gets or makes it into my office sometimes, but very rarely is it because they actually have enough awareness to realize that they need to do something different for themselves. So it's some kind of a brutal wake up call an adrenaline rush of like, a mental car accident that's happening, a, a train right. coming, crashing down. And they're like, oh no, I have to do something. Let's call Dr. Christie. And um, do you give them hope when they come? And uh, like, do you still believe that people can change? Oh, so yeah. way into life with old habits, with old traumas, like people are made out of their traumas, out of their, out of history. They're made out of that. So halfway through their life, they can actually change and become a new person. Yeah. And it's, it's, I guess it is kind of like becoming a new person, but not completely like throw out the old person. And now you're completely new, different person. So the good news is there's plenty of things to do to make change and to help with these issues. If you do the work, this is the main thing. Yes. People can definitely change if they do the work. And it's not easy. It's actually simple because I have a whole array of exercises that I put people through that works, but it only works if you do it. So that's the issue. You have to do the work. If you don't do the work, nothing's going to change. It's going to stay the same or it's going to get worse. If you do the work, it will change. It may not necessarily change in the way you may think on day one, because on day one, you actually don't really have a good, clear idea of what you would want anyway, but it will change because if you do different, you will get different. And I guide people through on how to do this in a healthy way where it is again, going to be in line with who they really are. They're going to discover this. Who, who am I really? What is my foundation? What is my identity and what do I want? And all of these things. So now again, you are able to be the captain of your ship and you can have an actual destination that you are aware of, and you will have the tools to course correct as you need to. And if you decide that, you know what, that new course I thought is actually not quite it. Well, fine. Let's just shift it a little bit or whatever it is that we need to do. And the other part of the good news is 
it doesn't take the same amount of time. So if it took you 30 years to get to the place where you are when you first see me and have all these 30 years worth of possible traumas or negative behavior patterns or all of this stuff, we're going to stop feeding that. Like we're going to stop reinforcing what you've been doing. But more importantly, we have to start the new. So actually now what I'm talking about is the neural networks in your head. So we have neural networks in our head and we are going to start a new neural network. So this is now the neurons, the things in your brain to develop your new life. And the more you practice and do all these exercises that I give people do and live your life in this new way. So doing different. So what happens over time when people really do the work, which is why I love doing what I do, is that their new ways mm-hmm. will become their natural ways. And that's when you know you've transformed because they, it no longer is a new thing that I'm doing. And it's not that it's going to take you 30 years to do it. It may have taken you 30 years of doing the same kind of negative behavior patterns, but it's not going to take 30 years until you get to the other side. But it will take more than like 30 days. Like it will take some time. But the more you do that, stop feeding the old neural network of ineffective behavior and start feeding the new network because now you know what you're trying to construct. The easier it becomes... And then that's when you reel it. And then I have people tell me all this time, all the time, they, now they're doing, they're doing their new ways, but automatically, like, cause now it's natural. They don't have to think about it anymore. They don't have to work on it anymore. It is now who they are. But are they doing it because they enjoy it or just because they want the end result of, of their partner, of the business partner, not leaving the business, not collapsing their their wife not not divorcing their children to talk to them is it coming from authentic question the original question who are you who am i and what do i want or does it come from i want to save what i've been working on for so long which i was neglecting but i need to save it does it come from that pure this is who i am and this is what i want if you do the work it does and that's why it becomes natural because it's not like they're pretending or mock or just kind of mimicking or any of that because it you would still have to work at it. If you were just pretending or you were just doing what you think you needed to do, you'd have to work at it. Mm-hmm. At this, you know, the, what ends up happening with my clients is they end up realizing they they didn't have to really work at it anymore. It it is now a new skill. It is now a new it's a new strong neural network in their brain. That is where your brain wants to go. When you have a thought, when you have a feeling, when you have an action, it's creating these neural networks. Now, now you're doing thoughts, feelings, behaviors, actions in the new way that you are constructing. And it's developing that neural network to be faster and stronger. And that's why it now just becomes natural because you're truly doing that. And a lot of times when people get to the other side, I guess, as I call it, their life is not the same. They don't necessarily still have the same profession or job, or sometimes they they actually still don't even have the same spouse, but they have a much better relationship. And especially if they had kids, because they're going to always need to have a relationship with that spouse if they have kids. Mm -hmm. Now Now they may not be married still, but they actually have a healthy relationship where they can healthily co-parent and you still have your children. So they can have, they start having healthy relationships with their children. And then as far as like coworkers or colleagues or employees or partners or all that stuff, Sometimes they do and they stay where they're at, but 
a lot of times they actually change their profession too. So they are actually no longer interacting with some of those people, but if they needed to, or it was still related to what they're doing, they have better relationships with those people too. So they may no longer be the actual direct partner of that person anymore in terms of like a business, but they can now be colleagues or they could be friends or they could be, and they can have a better relationship in case there is something that they may be able to mutually benefit each other. Living with mental illness can be full of pain, frustration, and anguish. At times, it can feel like you are completely alone. Well-meaning loved ones may not understand what you are going through and might not be able to offer the support you need. Finding the right source of support is crucial to your journey of healing. While we always encourage you to seek appropriate medical and psychological help, adding someone to your team who has been where you are can provide a much-needed shoulder to lean on. Matana knows what it is like to feel debilitating anxiety, and through her own journey of more than a decade living with mental illness, she has spoken with hundreds of others navigating their own anxiety and depression. Matana is not a therapist or a doctor, but has been able to partner with many individuals like yourself, creating a strategy toward mental, physical, and emotional well-being. One-on-ones with Matana are self-paced conversations allowing you to move forward at a comfortable pace. She'll work with you as you discover your own path and the steps that are right for you. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Matana, head over to hopetorecharge.com forward slash free. That's hopetorecharge.com forward slash F-R-E-E. Or you can click the link in today's show notes. And now let's get right back to Matana and today's conversation. It must be so empowering and stressful at the same time. You need to have broad shoulders to work with these kind of people because they they must be strong-minded, yes. driven, right? Yes. To convince someone of a different way of living after 20, 30 years of doing the same thing. Uh, yes. it, it takes, it, it's like a bulldozer ro- ro- rolling over them and saying, wake up. It is, it is pretty funny because the, because they are high achievers, they tend to have a bit of narcissism also. <laughs> yeah. And I do work well with this population and part of it is, which is now going to possibly sound narcissistic on my part, but I've had people say, and especially the surgeons, you know, I never wanted to come here or I, or I've tried something in the past, but God, like they did not see the person helping them be at their level. (laughs) And so they were like, why am I going to listen to this person? But in interacting Mm -hmm. with me, I mean, I've had him straight out in the first session be like, wow, you know, I didn't really want to be here, but but you're intelligent. <laughs> like, wow. like I can have an intelligent conversation with you. And I understand what you're saying. Like, like you're, this makes sense. Like, you know, so, and yeah, so there's a bit of narcissism that tends to happen in this population. And because I have the skills and abilities that I do, we actually end up being a good fit or they feel like that I'm at a level where they actually would listen to me. I thought the narcissists don't change. Is that a true statement? So it depends. There's levels. Okay. Cause there's actual like diagnosis of narcissistic personality right. disorder, but you don't have to have the actual full on disorder to have tendencies have traits. or traits of narcissism. Um, so it depends on kind of the level that you're dealing mm-hmm. with, but I guess to hopefully not let the secret out, 
because of who I am and what I've been doing for all these years, there's certain ways of handling that personality to actually get them to do what you want. <laughs> wow. How are you not afraid or intimidated by them? How are you not afraid that they're going to say, you know what, Dr. Christie, I'm out of here. Goodbye. I'm not working with you. They can. It doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't hurt me. I just know that it hurts them in their life, but I can't control that. So you either, I have all these great things to offer. Mm -hmm. You either take advantage of it or you don't. It's not going to affect me. Right. (laughs) But how do you not get tired from seeing this over and over and over? And the road to recovery is hard. And it's really bending somebody the other way, a steel metal the other way. How do you not get tired of it and saying, oh my gosh, here's a new one. Let's see how this is going to (laughs) go and take a deep breath. Well, yeah. One, because I know what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I am really excited for the person because I know what can happen on the other side. And I know that if they do the work, it will work. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's not that I'm bending them or forcing them. It's that I'm giving them the tools so that they can make the shift themselves. Right. Right. Do you know when someone comes in, if they're going to stay the course or not? Can you tell in the first meeting? Um, I can have an an idea or a prediction about it, but, but I just leave it as, Hey, here's, we have our session. Here's what my plan is. This is the reason why. Does it make sense? Do you have any questions? Usually people are, at the end, they are, this totally makes sense. Right. <laughs> I feel like relieved or happy or they have hope or, I mean, usually it's a very good ending and it's like, but you have to do the work. Okay. And then if you want to follow up and do this, then, you know, let's make a time. If you don't, then you don't like, it's up to them. I think what's so good about your work is that you focus on them, on the positive, not the negative. Where, not where did you fail? but where do you want to be? And everybody wants to hang out in that space of me, right? We love ourselves and we want to give ourselves the understanding of who are we? What do we want? It's not intimidating. When you go to a therapist and you get the list of how you didn't show up properly, who wants to hear that? You want to be out of there, right? (laughs) Right. And that's, that's the thing again, that's a little bit different about how I go about things. Is because when they, when you come, I'm not going to immediately jump into, you know, tell me about your mother or tell me about like when you were five, it's, Hey, where are you right now? Where are we trying to go? (laughs) And then, and they bring it up along the way when they're ready. Yes. Because I, I, yeah. Cause I wouldn't want to jump somebody right into a past, especially if there's like any kind of trauma there because Mm -hmm. people don't. People, when, when they're growing up again, you, you don't have the cognitive ability and you're never taught how do you handle trauma. Okay. Right. So if you just, if I just see someone and they just launch into the trauma story, right. I, I actually don't let them get very far because you are in essence re-traumatizing yourself. So, right. so I don't do that. I, where are you now? Where are you trying to go? Let's move you forward and let me give you skills and tools because once you've learned how to handle distress, Once you learn how to do these, like all these tools and skills that I teach people now, if you want to go back to the past or to a trauma, we can now do that because now you will know how to handle doing that work. Whereas before you would have just re-traumatized yourself. Mm. Yes. And to, once you have the tools, when you visit the trauma, you're able to cope with it versus it coming without, without any 
awareness and it's like reliving it and you don't have you just don't have anyone to pick you up to hold you through it because you, it just like, it came right in front of you with no, with no warning. Right. So when, when you do it gradually, like you work first, let's see who, where are you? Where do you want to go? What's going on? What brings you joy? What do you want in life? And then they have that clear understanding they can revisit stuff that are is hard after they get the tools. Yes. And they probably want to go there and they feel like, oh, I want to address that because I've been burying it for so many years and I haven't been addressing it. Let's let it out because I'll feel better and I'll I'll show up better. Yes. So and now you're better equipped to be able to do that. Whereas before, unless someone taught you how to do it, you're not going to know how to do it. And, and, and I don't know why other psychologists do this, but, but they do do that with people and they end up just re-traumatizing the person. Um, so, you know, so no, so I'm not, I'm not in the business of trying to re-traumatize someone. And some people do do that, do do the, the further like back work. And usually if you do do that, it does kind of add another level of health and help for what you're trying to do. But it doesn't always because you can never, you can never actually go back through all of that and still have a very happy, healthy life. It's not necessarily required that you do that. So one of my sayings is you don't have to know the why of the past in order to move forward today. Mm. Sometimes we won't know the why. Right. And because a lot of times that's the case. You can guess, you can try and right figure it out. And I can probably tell you from a psychological level what it was um, mm-hmm. without even knowing the specifics, just because it's human nature, but we may never know. And just because you may never know, doesn't mean you can't heal from it and move forward. So there's, so you don't really have to do that if you don't want to, to be able to live a happy, healthy, successful life. Yeah. I think I heard this from you, maybe on a podcast or maybe from the mastermind. Remind me if it was you. If you're not ready to deal with something, don't bring it up. Um, it could have been me because that's part of the. It's that's part of the thing of because you will just re-traumatize yourself if you don't. If you're right, if you're not ready to dig deep and really yeah. do the work, yeah, don't just oh. bring it up because you're just opening a, a can of worms and you won't be able to. Right. to address it, make sure that you have the mental space and the support from whatever it is, friends, family, healers, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, medication, whatever it is right. to deal with whatever you're going to bring up. And sometimes we have to put traumas to sleep until we're ready and exactly. able to deal with it. Right. That's exactly true. Because That's- otherwise we're just, we're, we're heading for a very dark place. Right. That won't just we, because we brought it up doesn't mean that we'll be able to deal with it. So exactly. I think it was you that said that if you're not ready, if you can't, if you don't have the support and the ability to deal with it, don't right. just bring it up for the sake of bringing it up. Yeah. And that's why I was saying too, like, if somebody tries to start telling me the big long story about it, I stop them from doing it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I like, and, I, and then I'll explain, I usually explain why I'm stopping them um, because I don't want people doing that. Like it's, it's ruminating when you keep going over the same negative thing over and over, I'm trying to teach people to stop ruminating. So I don't Mm -hmm. want you ruminating even in my office, like working with me. I don't want you to say the negative thing that's happened to you over and over. 
Um, Cause people are always out there. They're like telling everybody they know the negative thing. They're repeating it in their head. They're sometimes they're even writing it down. Then they're, yeah. So all of that is ruminating, ruminating in your mind, ruminating when you're mm-hmm. speaking, ruminating yeah. when you're writing. I don't want them mm-hmm. ruminating in my office or like when they're working with me, I just need to know a little bit about what's going on. And then I'm going to help you with it, but we don't need to keep going over the negative thing over and over and over. Right. Until at some point, once you have these skills and you wouldn't do that, then we can work on these things because now you're not going to ruminate on what it is that we work on. If it's, you know, something going with the past or the negative or something negative. Hmm. Do you find that a lot of these people come with high anxiety that they, yes. Yes. Yeah. So anxiety is probably the most prevalent issue that people come in with, whether they know it's anxiety or not, or they know to call it that or not. Sometimes mm-hmm. people do. And then sometimes they don't realize it. When I, when I actually end up labeling that or calling it anxiety, they're kind of, sometimes people are taken aback because they were like, huh? Why? Like, I, didn't, I didn't realize <laughs> that that's what it was, but right. that's what it is. And, and you need to be aware of what's going on. So that's the, what's going on? Like, why are you here? Like what's going on now? We need to know all what's going on now. Where you're trying to right. go, let's work on it. And anxiety is usually part of it. Hmm. Do a lot of them take medication? So sometimes people come and they are on kind of actual like Western pharmaceutical medication that's been prescribed by a psychiatrist or something like that. So sometimes people do come on medication, but most people are self-medicating. So Mm -hmm. that is, they are engaging in behaviors that whether they know it or not, they're using those behaviors to try and medicate themselves, to try and make themselves feel better. Really what they're trying to do is trying to reduce their anxiety, but usually Mm -hmm. they are doing it in ways that are unhealthy or even especially given their profession could in their careers, because it could be that they're drinking or that they're using substances not prescribed by a psychiatrist or they're mm-hmm. engaging in something like they're shopping all the time or they're gambling all the time. And even negative relationships can be addicting. People will get in these series of negative relationships that are causing all this chaos. But then that's what's happening is they're focusing on the chaos versus their own anxiety or depression. So, right. so there are these kind of interesting self-medicating things that people are doing that are not healthy and could be destructive, which is why it's important right. you actually learn how to healthily cope with what's going on. And be aware of when, when are you going for that shot of whiskey? When are you going for that unhealthy relationship? When are you going shopping just to fulfill that little void that's going on inside you? When are you reaching for that meal, that, that unhealthy cake and eating the whole thing because you just, yeah, you have to calm something down. Just the awareness is so powerful. Yep. One of my last questions is, this is fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I feel bad that youth don't get the, that, that we don't give it to youth, these coping skills, because you can right. save so much damage oh, in the gosh, future. Yeah. And also like finding the right path in life. What do you really want to do? Right. What do you see yourself? What brings you joy? All these conversations, if we had it earlier, even though we're not developed enough earlier. And, and also what do you have inside you to, to give to others? What kind of home do you want to build? What kind of person do you want to marry? What do you want your marriage to look like? All these things. And there's not really conversations about it until, as you said, seven, eight years into 
relationship that's falling apart or a business that's falling apart. There's no, there's no conversation about it early on. I wonder if there's a way to really educate early on. Do you think the world is, is evolving to that now? I don't know if the world's evolving to it, but that would be great (laughs) because even though as a child, you don't necessarily have all the cognitive abilities, but you can, but you can learn, (laughs) like you can learn at the developmental level you're at. If someone is teaching you who knows how to do that versus Mm -hmm. what's usually happening, which is just like what's called socialization. It's just like, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. Who knows why, but it's supposed to be this way. So I'm just going to tell you this. Right, right. Or just being with a therapist. I feel just having a therapist that you can bounce ideas or bounce feelings that you don't get to this crashing point. Right. It's very helpful. Yeah. And I, I and I hope the world evolves a little bit with it because it's so sad to see like oh, yeah. really people falling apart mentally, falling apart. And sometimes they 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 lose everything. They lose everything themselves, their health, yep. their families, their businesses, everything comes crashing down because they didn't they didn't come right. from a an awareness point of view. I wanted to ask you, what was the craziest story you ever heard in your office? What was there? Is there anything that shocks you? I don't think so in terms of anything that shocks me, especially at this point, because I've been doing this for over 20 years. The closest thing I can think of is just, but again, it's because I've been doing this and, and this is my profession is if anything that shocks me, it's that, that people aren't aware <laughs> that, that people don't realize certain things, um, that they, they only made it into my office because somebody, you know, there's an external reason or, and then, and then sometimes they're just, they seem, yeah, they're just so unaware. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but just because you're unaware doesn't mean it's not happening to you. It doesn't mean you're not having struggles in your relationships or you're not having physical problems just because you're not aware. doesn't mean that stuff's not happening. And that's again, the external stuff of why people come in here. So the closest to, I guess, being shocked is just when I, because I see this over and over and over that people are not aware and don't realize how this is really negatively impacting themselves. And and especially on the physiological level. So a Mm -hmm. lot of times that's probably the most one, like, and even, even, even some of my doctors and I'm like, come on now, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you're a doctor, um, right. you know, what can happen inside, even though we may not know it on the outside, but right. most likely this is what's happening. Like you, you could be developing heart disease or there could be like all these things going on. So it's, it really is important for many reasons, including your own physical health that you work on these things. So basically you're shocked how people are blind to their own actions and looking in the mirror. Yeah, if anything, that that might be it. Even though I then tell myself, "Well, why why would you be shocked?" That's that's usually what it, that's usually the case. That's usually right. what happens. Right, right. So I'm going to ask you the last question, and then we're going to ask how we can find you if anybody wants to work with you or have you as a speaker. And now you're starting this new journey of coaching as well, high performance people. Um, what does hope mean to you as a therapist? as a psychologist, I should say, as a doctor, as a psychologist? Well, probably as, as a psychologist or just as a person, I mean, I think it's the same thing, which is, so it's, it's your mindset. It's your ability for you to know or for your mind to know that things don't have to be the same. They can be different 
And I guess because of, you know, the work I do, I do know that it, usually it can be different, but it can be different in a way that you can, as you can direct as best you can. You cannot control everything, but you can control yourself mm-hmm. and that people can. And there are plenty of tools and skills to teach someone or to learn. So that's why I think I'm able to do what I do and not only do it, but enjoy it. Cause you asked that question of like, how can I keep doing that? But even mm-hmm. enjoy it is because I know what's on the other side. And so right. that's the hope. Not only do I have hope for people, I have knowledge for people that that could be the case, but you have right. to have hope. You have to have an open mind. You have to have a idea that something can change or else you will stop it, self-sabotage or not do what you need to do. Hmm. Wow. Thank you for that, Dr. Christie. Dr. Christie, where do people find you? So probably the best way to find me is um, you can look up my website, which is my name, ChristyLopezPhD.com. So I'm going to spell my name because there's multiple ways to spell Christy, but my Christy is C-R-I-S-T-Y-L-O-P-E-Z-P-H-D.com. So ChristyLopezPhD.com. So that's my main website. I, I am, you know, on social media, so I'm sure if you just... Google me or something. I, I probably come up in terms of the websites and publications or just various things, um, other podcasts that I've been on, things like that. So, so the ChristyLopezPhD.com, my phone number, if anyone wants to call is 602-323-7824. And we're going to have all this in the show notes. Do you want to give us 30 seconds or a minute of this new adventure that you're taking with coaching high performance people? So as we were talking about, most of my clients are high achievers. Um, The majority of them are entrepreneurs, executives, and medical doctors. And that has been becoming more and more the focus over all of these years. So I have in the past couple of years been kind of more closing down the therapy side of my business and more just focusing on the high performance coaching side of my business. And that's pretty much where I am now today is I've stopped taking new therapy clients and giving them a couple of months to kind of finish out. And then just, I'm going to just solely focus on the high performance coaching since that's the majority of my clients now anyway. What is the difference between the work of coaching and um, a psychologist? So a lot of times when people come for therapy, they may have something more along the lines of being a more diagnosable disorder. So remember when we were saying like, you can have traits of narcissism, but not necessarily have narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. same thing for lots of things. You might be occasionally sad, but not necessarily be majorly depressed. You can have anxiety, which a lot of people do, but you may not necessarily be diagnosable as having like generalized anxiety disorder or a phobia or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times the therapy level is when you are, when you have that kind of level and degree of disorder or something that's happening. And even though when I, you know, when I do see people on the therapy side, I still have the same approach, which is I'm not going to jump right into your past. We're going to do exactly what I described, which is, which actually just tends to be more of a coaching model anyway. So my own way that I developed as a therapist was actually more in line with a coach because you have responsibility as the patient or the client. I'm going to tell you like, Hey, Based on research, this is what this is what's going to help you. But you know, it's up to you whether you do it or not. So, 
So, right. so I am, so we are, you know, equals. There's not, the way I see it, it's not like, hey, you're my patient and blah, blah, whatever. So, so therapy has a little bit more of that. You have a more diagnosable disorder. You're probably going more into the history and the past and the deeper part of things. Um, it tends to not be so active. Whereas the way I do things is more coaching. It's, hey, where are you now? Where are we trying to go? Let me teach you. It's active. You've got to be active. You've got to learn these new skills. And it's very positive oriented. Yeah, we can talk about kind of what's negative and what's wrong, but let's talk about what we're trying to achieve because I don't want you ruminating on the negative part. I don't mm. want you building that negative neural network. We're doing the other side. And that, that just actually happens to fit in more with what coaching is. Right. And not only that, the, the kind of clientele would be more open to going to a coach versus a psychologist that they will, they will feel like they're broken even though it's the same thing, right? but the idea that they're getting stronger versus fixing. Yeah. Which, and, that's, and that is what it is. It's how can you be even more successful and with less stress? Right. Well, this was fantastic. I love when we speak. I love our conversations and, yes, me too. and it just gives me so much hope for the world that people can fall apart and then just get up. Even when they're not aware, even the, when they're not in tune with themselves, they can, they can have a wake up call and do the work and get to the the best life that they really want that they want to achieve. Exactly. Now, I need to, I need to work on. I, I really want to do the Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> who am I? I'm gonna have to sit sit with that a little bit. And and what do I want? That's gonna right. be my homework. That's gonna be my homework. Thank you so much, Doctor Christie. Guys, if you if any of you have a partner, a friend, a father, a brother, a sister. Uh, a mother, an aunt, an anybody, a friend that can use this episode, forward it to them. It could be so eye-opening to so many of us that are on the rat race of life that we don't stop and think and take ourselves into consideration. We spoke a lot about self-help, self-love, self-awareness, self-acceptance, and this is everything that Dr. Christie does. So thank you very much, Dr. Christie. I really appreciate your time and your knowledge. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're out here doing what you're doing and getting information to people. Because one of the things I always say is there's no reason why people have to be out there suffering. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of things to do to change that. Yes. So everybody, bye till next time. Today's episode is sponsored by betterhelp.com. Are you looking for online therapy? Are you stuck at home like everyone else? High stress, high anxiety, worried about the future, trying to navigate everything, have a lot of worries, had a lot of emotional roller coaster rides up and down, just like me. BetterHelp.com is one phone call away, one Zoom call away, one text away. It's an online platform for therapy. It's so perfect for now, for coronavirus, for what people are going through now. We can reach out and get the perfect therapist that meets our needs. Don't wait. Check them out. See if you can find somebody. Don't struggle. They're so affordable. They are so affordable. You're sitting at home. Every therapist is working online now. Reach out and get help you need. If you are struggling, don't struggle in silence. I am so grateful that they are giving us 10% off the first month so you can get affordable access to therapy. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. 
betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Start your wellness, get help, get support you need. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.